Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. It's our Buccaneer Days Highland Games Mother's Day weekend edition of Tech Talk for 2023. Glad to have you along, whether you're live with us on Saturday morning, May the 13th, or Sunday afternoon, the 14th, or listening on the podcast. A lot going on this weekend, so I suspect the podcast will be where many of you are hearing us. As we come to you live on Saturday morning, the Buccaneer Days Parade is on in Esquimalt. Tartan Parade in Victoria, and then everyone's getting ready for Mother's Day weekend. Also, Quadra Village having their events. Finally, we have some decent weather, so thanks for making us making time for us. Us this weekend is moi, Kyle Wilson, and Brian Pavlicic, your Tech Talk producer. Kyle's a Colwood-based IT specialist and a tech editor for Business Insider, among many other things. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Finally, isn't it great to finally have the good weather? Yeah, good weather is nice. Everyone definitely. is in such a better mood. You notice that? Oh, oh yes, it's amazing. <laughs> Everyone's got a big smile on their face. Yeah. We have lots of stuff to to tell you about this week. If you haven't looked at the show notes already, and I apologize for those of you that have already looked because I know it's a familiar part of your Saturday morning, you tell me, for many of you, I put some particular visuals in that I thought would be worth you taking a look there. This is the only radio show I know of that comes with homework. Getting ready for the big black and gold of Vic uh, dinner on tonight, honoring some great grads of the past. And I put a couple more examples in there because we really had a great session with the Victoria Mac and iOS user group at the Zoom meeting on Wednesday. And tons of questions, people just blown away by the fact that this is one click. That was, Ryan, that was what I was really emphasizing to people. Not that this AI stuff can do all these amazing things to photos, but that literally one click. Yes. Yeah. It's like this is auto mode. You're not even yeah. like going in and trimming edges and changing colors yeah. and stuff. You've been doing that. One of the pictures that's in the show notes there of one of the inductees, it was a discolored damage shot and it was in a scrapbook with stickers over top of it. So I sent it to Brian as well to say, Brian, why don't you see what you can do with Photoshop and compare it to what we did with one click with the Deoldify software and the Remini. Do you, do you have sliders in yours at least? Like I can say like how sharp how much do you want to correct the face? Like No, not yet. Oh, so it's really yeah. one click. It's really yeah. one click. Okay. There are pro versions that you can do that, but I honestly haven't felt the need for it. Have you ever tried any photo restoration, Kyle? No, personally I haven't, but it's quite impressive what you have done on the show notes. Yeah, and, and again, I, I said this and I stressed this in a meeting, it wasn't like Alan trying to brag because I honestly didn't do it. I just clicked the button yeah. and then went save, right? Uh, but yeah, so do take a look. There's a couple There's a couple examples uh, down there I thought you'd like. The other one that uh, in some cases the images came out of scrapbooks and and the person that was helping me gather them, um, because of the reflection, glossy photos, she sometimes had to take them off angle. And so the, the picture just didn't look right because the person sort of, in effect, tilting away from you, but they're not. Right, it's like mm-hmm. taking a photo from below and your chin is big and yeah, stuff like it, that. that's called perspective. Per- exactly, perspective. And I didn't realize that a lot of people, because I, she said, I'm so sorry, and I said, it's not a problem. I'm just going to go tap, tap on my iPad or my iPhone. It's fixed. She goes, what? So yeah. I thought that this would be something that would be really useful for many of you. If you ever have to take a picture of a sign or a photo or something and you have to be off perspective especially if you're trying to take a picture of a document, mm. even. Even something as simple as... Because you're casting a shadow on the document yeah. is the problem mm. there. Yeah. yeah, so if you look at 
item number 18 in the show notes. And I also put a link into the video portion. Video number 42 is a fellow that did a short video showing how to fix the perspective of a photo on an iPhone or an iPad and also on a Mac, two different videos. But basically, it's really simple. So I literally grabbed a canvas print, a really nice one of a shot of me and three friends at um, Disney World, and I put it, plunked it down on the floor in the kitchen and deliberately went off axis, both horizontally and vertically. And it's uh, that's item number 18 there. And then I literally opened up the photo in Photos app, tapped the edit button, and there's an icon down at the bottom, Kyle, that a lot of people don't know what it is. It's the crop button. Mm -hmm. And it looks like two um, picture corners, down when, when you edit the photo. I'll tell you where it is if you've got anybody listening. If you've got your phone open, open up any picture. And when you tap on the edit button, there are three icons across the bottom. One is a, a dial with dots. That's the lighting. The one in the middle is the different colorization effects that Apple can do for you automatically. And then there's two sets of, uh, how would you describe that icon? It looks like two squiggles of lines with two arrows around it. Yeah, it almost looks like you took two carpentry squares and overlapped them yes. to make a square. Yes, exactly. And, That's exactly off, it. and then it has arrows, kind of like recycling arrows that are showing that you can also rotate. Yeah, so that's the crop and rotate button. Yes. So you tap on that. And then you go, well, that's great, but where's the perspective? And again, this is all in the video, so you don't need to be listening or following along. Up in the top right corner is the aspect ratio button to the left of the three dots. Mm. And it's the rectangle with three different size outlines. And when you tap that... Oh, what? No, no, I take that back. Yeah, perspective is in the top left. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry. When you tap the crop button now, I'm different. Then the perspective buttons are right there in front of you. The first one is going to rotate... The next one is going to do vertical, and the next one is going to do horizontal. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yes, I see what you... Yeah, yeah. I did, we just showed Kyle something. I, yeah. I just figured you... Uh, I just assumed you knew that. Well, there you go. And it's so nice how much you just... just You grab the slider and move back and forth, and, and it's like it's tilting the yes. image right in front of you until it's square. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Try it out. If you want to see it much more sense watching the video than hearing me try and describe how to do yeah. those switches. <laughs> Item number 42, if you have an iPhone or a Mac... Uh, is the second link. I couldn't find a way to do this on an Android. Next Saturday, oh. Tofi Haruk will be with us. He's our smartphone tutor. And so I'm going to text him and say, hey, is there a way to fix perspective on the gallery app on an Android phone? I searched for that last night, couldn't find the answer. So there we go. But anyway, I haven't put the videos from the induction showing the final product of this up because the inductees don't know. We're actually going to stay at the start of the dinner tonight that you're going to see something different, so different that we thought we should tell you first. And I'm using one of the non-inductee pictures to show the original bad version and the colorized touched-up version. They have a beautify button. I've not used that because we are doing a historical retrospective of these. So it was tempting, but no, I thought, no, I'm just going to do the touch-up Restore and enhance. I'm not going to do the beautify. Oh yes, yeah. So that, that's <laughs> important for that would be yeah. So there we go. Um, so. I was going to say um, maybe not the default gallery app that is on some Android phones, but the Google Photos app does have the perspective correction, and a lot of that is the default for some amount of Android phones. Ah, thank you. Okay, so that was what I was missing. So the Google Photos app. Okay, you can, if you see on the screen here, this is what it, it looks like. Uh, and there, the four corners tilted back. 
Oh, great. Okay. Maybe I'll get you to add that sentence in, if you would, please, um, into the item number 18. Sure. Yeah, just to do that for people, what they can do, because that was it, because I could not find anything for the built-in gallery app, which is what mm-hmm. most people on the majority of Android phones use, if you have a right. Pixel or something else. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, we'll take a break in a minute, but do that. But Google held their big I.O. event this week, Kyle. And they are starting at item number 10, 11, and 12, and 13. There's four things out of that that I thought you might care about. The big one from a price point of view for phones, Google unveiled its Pixel 7a budget smartphone, their word. It's $600 Canadian, Kyle, and that's... Yeah, and that's 200 less than their Pixel 7. And the specs aren't bad. 6.1-inch OLED screen, 6 gigs of RAM, and 128 gigs of storage. Which Not model bad. was that, sorry? That's the 7A. Room. Oh, the 7A. The so, 6A has been great. I, uh, yeah. I waited for a release date, and I got one for my, my sister and her, her partner. Um, and they've, it's been so good, and the, the cameras are really highly rated. Yes, so this is basically the 7A, same price, yep. better specs. Right, they're doing it awesome. again, but it's got a, it's got the step up this time. Yeah, sort of like what Apple does when they come up with the same thing, when they would add an S on the end of their models. They haven't done that in years, but that's the same thing. Google also unveiled a tablet, which it hopes will steal some market share from Apple's iPads. It's called the Pixel Tablet. It will sell for $700 when it hits stores on June 19th. It'll be interesting to see, because that's a fairly pricey, thing when you consider that the base model iPad is 449 and it has all the features of an iPad. Whereas, yeah, exactly. While this is a nice Pixel tablet, it's running mm-hmm. on the on the Android operating system yep. and it's 700 bucks, so $250 more and I would say arguably you're not getting as much. Yes. Now, they yep. would say you should be comparing it to the 10th gen iPad which is $600. Oh, sure. But even if you did that, hands down, for me, but yeah, whatever yeah. you decide is, is right, we just give you the information. But oh, no, I, I mean, would, all the typical a- Apple things that we love, the stability, the security, the number the of... The consistency. Yeah, the number of times you can get buggy Android apps or malicious yeah. Android apps. Yeah. Anyway, it's there because we always want competition. That's what makes Apple... Exactly. Feel that they have to go even better on the next model because now there's these other characters. That's good. Keep pushing them. Yeah, that's exactly that. Okay, uh, there's so much going on that I suspect many of you, as I mentioned off the top, will be listening on podcast. But for those of you that have devoted part of your Saturday morning to us, we'd love to help. Well, Kyle and Brian and I are here. Any questions? Anything at all? We will try and find an answer, and we will tell you if we don't know the answer, and then we'll ask someone else to help. Star 1070 on a mobile phone. Two five zero three eight six one one six one on a home phone. Text to ten seventy ten, and they can be from anywhere in Canada. One zero seven zero one zero. Please include your first name somewhere at the beginning or the end of your text. And emails will still work as well. Tech talk t e c h t a l k at cfax ten seventy dot com. When we come back, somebody's going to Australia and wants to know what would be the best way to stay connected. We're going to use a new way to find them the answer. 20 after the hour on Tech Talk with Alan and Kyle and Brian. So a text here from Tony. Hi, guys. We're heading to Australia for a month this coming fall. Awesome, because that would be their spring. Would you have a recommendation for a phone plan for an iPhone 11? Thanks in advance. So I was going to do some homework, and I thought, wait, I've got the new Bing thing there. So I literally said, 
which are the best mobile providers for Australia? And it replied, there are several mobile providers in Australia that offer different plans and services. Some of the popular ones include Woolworths Mobile, Moose Mobile, Vodafone, Telestra, and Boost Mobile. But then, this is the key part, it went on to say, according to reviews.org, Woolworths Mobile is the best mobile provider overall, Moose Mobile is the best cheap mobile provider, and Vodafone is the best provider for data, Telestra and Boost are recommended for coverage. The amount of time you would have to dig to get those different details? The last part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's and then I clicked amazing. on, and that's underlined with a little one at the end, so I clicked on the one, and it brought me up a page which I just texted to Tony from reviews.org, and it's got it all laid out in one nice page here with little bars, best telco overall, best cheap telco, best for coverage, best for data, best for speed, and it tells you what you're going to spend. So, Tony, anyone else going to Australia? Woolworths Mobile, 12 gigabytes of data, and that's $20 Australian. <laughs> so, hey Siri, convert 20 Australian dollars into Canadian dollars. 20 Australian dollars is $17.99. Oh, by the way, you remember, Brian, last week when we were getting Mrs. S to say things, mm -hmm. um, several people texted in and said, my HomePod is responding to you? Oh, sure. We're going, no, it's supposed to only listen to my voice. No. Eitan Rubini, the president of the Victoria Mac and iOS user group, pointed out that iPhones and iPads only listen to our voice. Uh, HomePods listen to anybody huh. because if it's your HomePod and it hears your voice, Brian, and you said, what's next on my calendar? Yes. It would tell you. If right. Juna said, what's next on my calendar, oh. it would tell her. If right. I said, what's next on my calendar, it would say, I don't know who you are. You would have to be in a family, I'm assuming, is how it does that? By yeah. family sharing? Yeah. Yep. That's cool. But so for those of you that it's triggering, that's why I apologize. So we'll try not to do that. Yeah, so there you go. So, But look at those rates. 12 gigabytes of data for 20 bucks. <laughs> oh there we go. Goodness. And these are all 4G and 5G networks. If you're not going to be using a lot of data, $8.80 Australian for 6 gigs from Moose. If you're going to be roaming around and you want it to cover you in the most areas of Australia, Boost Mobile, 3 gigs for 10 bucks. And you Not just bad. yeah, and you can do that as an eSIM, so you can keep your Canadian number, just put it on hold, but it's there in case you need it, or you can get a physical SIM. Recommend that you use an eSIM, so then all you have to do when you come back is turn that switch off, turn that switch back on. Yes, and those notes are in there. We'll go through a lot more travel stuff next weekend when Tofi Haruk is with us. Brian, we'll make that our sort of start of the season travel show, and I'll update all the travel tips, see what's changed. If anybody's got any really great travel tips uh, between now and then, please send them to me. Um, my contact info is in the show notes there because then I can sort of curate them and put them all into what updated notes for next weekend. Texts would be awesome. There we go. Okay, uh, quick break here. No, no, we'll carry on. Uh, from Terry, T-E-R-I. Alan, would you or your team know of a good printer, small, simple to use for a senior who has casual use, no color? Ah, you made mm -hmm. that easier, a lot easier, by saying no color, Kyle. Because Definitely. then, if you're getting a black and white printer you're basically getting uh, a laser jet. It's the only place where laser jets are still around. 
And the good thing about laser jets is you can go away for six months and leave them. There's nothing to yeah, nothing exactly. To There's dry no out. ink to dry out. Black and white. They they really it's the world has really changed in the last couple of years, Brian. In terms of printers, I would say probably a third of my clients no longer have a printer. They just really don't need it because they've got their mm. smartphones and their tablets. Mm. I saw a lady just before I started all these uh, black and gold videos, and she said, well, I only need a printer for printing stuff for the accountant, for the income tax. <laughs> and I said, um, don't hit me, but if you actually check with your accountant, she goes, ah, I take a binder. I take a folder. Oh my to, yeah. And I said, if you actually check with your accountant, they're probably charging you a fee Oh. to scan all of that stuff that you've already got on your computer. You could just put it in a folder and forward the folder. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say they, they would probably prefer to get it digitally. They would. But on top of that, they're probably charging a fee because that's a pain to have to scan everything. Yeah. 50, it was yeah. 45 to do her income tax yeah. and $50 for scanning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she just thought that was something. To, so she said, oh, my God. So I said, when that toner runs out, because it was her, she's nearing the end of the toner on her laser jet. And I said, when that runs out, you if that's the only thing you're really needing it for. You don't need it. Yeah. She goes, well, once or twice, I want to print a nice big color picture. And I said, well, you can either do that at Monk Office Supply, uh, or you could do it if it's a picture picture. You know, yeah. if it's a document, then you need it in color there. But if you need uh, one, then London Drugs. Or the London Drugs website, the photo lab just booms yeah. and it's off there in no time. She went, no. Yeah, and we, it's way better than the stuff you'd have to buy, the home printer you'd have to buy to get the same quality yeah. that a lab does. Yeah. It's not worth it. So there you go. So I will look for you uh, during the news break coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll look for you and find out about an affordable uh, black and white laser jet printer. It's a very common question. We talked about this when Barbara Wilson was with us from Monk Office. Otherwise, you're dealing with really dinky little printers that are a general pain to set up. And the ink is really expensive. It's worth more than the cost of the printer often. Yeah. Or you're dealing with the EcoTank printers, which we love for people that print a lot. And, I've yeah, I've got lots of people set small offices, things like that, and they love because they just chunk out all the pages, you know, exactly. all the scripts and everything for the dinner tonight. I'm just running them through in the EcoTank. I should add again, uh, was just at London Drugs yesterday, and the EcoTanks are on sale again. Not the crazy set price that we sometimes see $100 off, but they're $30 off for the ET2800 and I think the model above. Oh, okay. So that's the budget model. That's the lowest price model there is, and they've been really hard as hen's teeth to get. So way to uh -oh, go, Brian. Yeah. Okay, so we'll add that one into the show notes under tech deals this weekend. I only have one tech deal there currently. This will be number two. Most of, and this is, we talked about competition, Kyle. This is really cool. I'm not sure who started it, but most of Canada's budget carriers are, for a few days, offering a 20-gig plan for $30 a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. That so is that, good, because yeah, I was thinking that, those Australian plans and just thinking that, like, if only ours yeah, were that cheap. because remember we were saying 45 was the cheapest, I think a couple of weeks ago, $45 a month was the cheapest plan we could find, yep. and that was giving you, like, 3 gigs of data. So this is $39 per month for 20 gigs of data. Now, you might not say, oh, I don't need that much. Now, get it, because as you go forward in life, 
people's data use only goes up. It oh, never and, goes down. And once you have that and you realize all the times you don't have to worry, like, I, oh, I don't pre-download my music anymore because I can just stream it all the time and I'm yeah. never even get near my data cap. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just, exactly. It's just that's something you don't even have to think about anymore. Oh, I don't want to check my emails and my out because my cousin might have sent me all those photos from the trip in Europe and it'll news up. Yeah. <laughs> no, now you can be walk sitting down Dallas Road and waiting for somebody. Oh, look at all the pictures from Cousin Ethel in Vienna. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. So, again, that's Fido, Kudo, Freedom, and Virgin Plus, all offering 20 gigs for $39 until the 15th. This is not something that you say we'll think about for a few days. There we go. <laughs> yes. And we will add in the one for the Epson EcoTanks coming up. Okay. Uh, lots more stuff to get to. What's on your mind, Kyle? you got lots of stuff there. Yeah, lots. Uh, we'll break. talk about Bard. Okay, Google Bard and why it's not available in Canada. Not now, probably not for a while when we continue. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we continue for our Highland Games Buccaneer Days Mother Day weekend of 2023, if you're just tuning in, Kyle Wilson's in studio with us. He's a college-based IT specialist, Wikipedia administrator, and tech editor for Business Insider, among other things. And Brian Pavlicic is here as our technical producer and more. During the break for Terry, who wanted a basic black-and-white laser printer, not a lot out there. Uh, 200 not bucks. anymore, yeah. 200 bucks for uh, either a brother or an HP at London Drugs. Terry, I texted you the link. For that price, Brian, probably, well, it's up to you, but mm -hmm. for anybody else that's in the same dilemma as her, while they're on sale, get one of these eco tanks. Yeah, for the extra 100 bucks. I mean, what's the mileage you're going to get out of the other model, the $200 model, before yeah, you're, you're replacing cartridges? Yeah, you're going to be getting about, most of them about 1,500 pages, and then you're going to buy, you're going to spend another... 80 to 90 dollars on the toner cartridge yep. whereas this is 300 dollars, and you've got two to three years worth of full color ink and then replacement ink is for a whole set of bottles is 70 bucks and you're good for another two years so the only thing to remember there is that you do have to print regularly yep. like month what is it monthly would you go with? i recommend that you print something once a month for people that are going to be going snowbirds and going away whoever's coming in to water the plants or whatever yeah. I, I literally i print out a little color bar card and leave it on the glass and just yeah. say ask the people to come in once a month go copy here it. and hit color copy oh i wish you could just they had a setting for it like oh just print this every month for me yeah like just that clean, would be really clean the nice. heads monthly so i don't have to think and remember well, to print you can also because one of the reasons that we love the epson eco tanks kyle is you can assign them their own email address oh really yes and so you can be sitting on the beach in mexico and you can forward an email to your printer and you get an email back from epson saying we received a print job and then a minute later, you get another email back saying the print job is being printed. Or you get an email back saying we couldn't finish the print job because the paper, the printer's out of paper. That's clever. And you can just That's schedule really a cool. recurring email, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, you could do that as well. So then just every you, month it yeah. sends the thing that says here, print the uh, test yeah. sheet. Yeah, my wife uses it when Suzanne, if she'll be out with friends and they tell her about a recipe, she goes, oh, forget that. So she just forwards it, and I, it freaks me out because the cat will be sitting, <laughs> I'm working on these pictures for these videos, and I know Suzanne's out, the cat's sleeping next to me, and all of a sudden the printer comes to life, and I go, what? Oh, oh, recipe. <laughs> Put it on your desk. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's a really handy thing. That's that one is. of those small things why I love the Epson versus the Canon. 
It's it's, yeah. it's the it's the little things that you really come to count on with any technical product that make make the difference. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Okay. On your list, Kyle. So yes, uh, Google is making a new version of its AI-powered chatbot named Bard available without a wait list to people in 180 countries and territories. However, it isn't yet available in Canada or in the EU. Right. It's called Bard, named in homage to Shakespeare. In case you're caring, by the way. Yeah. Um, the reason that they haven't made it available, they haven't said. They just says, well, we're going carefully and we're working. But in a nutshell, there are two reasons. Canada's privacy commissioner is investigating, as are the privacy people in the EU, are investigating Microsoft's Bing chatbot because a lot of personal information can go back and forth. And so Google says, I think we'll wait that out and let them find out. You know, let, we'll let Microsoft wear it. I don't think it's going to end up being a problem because you have to opt in in order to use these chat. And they're very yeah. specific about asking you not to give private information. But as we've done on the air, if I say, if I use the engine and say, create a funny po a poem about Kyle who lives in Colwood and does this, this, and likes this and this and, and hates this and this, and it generates that poem for you, I'm giving it that personal information. It's not like it's stealing it. Yeah. And it's not going to sell that information. We don't know about Google and its privacy policies on the BART engine. We can't try it out yet, so we'll stay tuned. But it's coming. The other thing that will make it potentially popular is it will soon include built-in image creation via a partnership with Adobe. Their AI engine for imagery is called Firefly. And it's in beta mode right now because Adobe has what's called Adobe Stock. Graphic designers will know this. And this is, if not tens of thousands, it could be hundreds of thousands of stock images that you can use commercially for projects. So if you're hired by a client that says, make me these billboard signs, these ads, and we're going to shoot the model, but then the backdrop we want is, you know, whatever, a stadium with... All these, anything you want. So the idea is that Google Bard is going to draw on that image source. So a lot of the work is already done. It has photos on which to work. That's a huge difference from Microsoft's Bing image creator called DALI. It does not have photos. It knows what photos are. It knows what a kangaroo is. It knows what a toaster is. So when we tell it to make a picture of a kangaroo grabbing a piece of toast out of a toaster. It's literally generating everything there. It's not borrowing a toaster picture, and it's not borrowing a kangaroo from somewhere. Exactly. So, so this could make it more powerful in that regard. Yeah. On the other hand, if there's something that the Bing AI doesn't know, an object, whereas it's in Adobe stock photos, then... So, yeah, again, there's that competition. We, we want a couple of those. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out over time. Yeah, but that's a big deal. So that's the big thing that came out of there. The last thing that came out of with uh, Google's event this week was if you have a Galaxy watch before too long, you'll be able to use it to detect an irregular heart rhythm, which can be a warning sign for a major cardiovascular issue like heart failure or stroke. Samsung says it has been granted FDA approval to turn on that feature. It's built into the watch, but they weren't allowed to turn it on until, until they got the approval from the FDA. Yeah, because they said, does this work? 
basically, we don't want to give you approval for something, and it says, no, your heart's fine. <laughs> or, oh, you need to get to a hospital, and they go, no, your heart's fine. So they needed to make sure that Exactly, it but it, it'll be very helpful for people out there, definitely. Yes. Just like how the fall detection on the Apple Watch has yes. saved people over time. A text from Jim. Hi, Alan. I just tried to look at shownotes.ca, and it says I need to uh, sign in request to my Microsoft Authenticator app, which I have, but it denied me my open to open your web link. Sorry. Uh, if you have Microsoft OneNote on your device, computer, or tablet, or phone, and have, and have used it in the past, because the notes are in OneNote, it thinks that you're accessing a shared note, which in a way you are. Um, when you go to do that, sorry, you only have to do this once. The next time when you go to tap on that web link, it should say show other verification options in a little tiny blueprint. And then hopefully it'll have your phone number or your email address and it will send a code to there just once and then it won't bug you anymore. It's one of those weird things there. By text from Peter. Any idea what happens to the free Shaw mobile accounts? Read the free number and data at $10 a gig. We're in that transition period, Brian, for Rogers buying Shaw. Yes. It's all one company, but they're still operating separately as they move into the bedroom together <laughs> uh, in that sense. So for now, the $10, uh, the free number, the $10 per gig of data, good for up to three months, continues. Yep. If you want to migrate over to the better coverage of the Rogers network, mm -hmm. you can go down to Rogers and do that. You will need a either on your phone or in your hand a copy of your Shaw Mobile bill that includes your account number, your free plan, mm -hmm. and your phone number, okay. and they and they will move that over. Now you're not under contract, so they will honor it, but you're not under contract. So at some point down the road, Rogers is surely going to say, "Oh, we don't offer that anymore." Right. It's I mean, now $35. We always wondered how Shaw was making any money on a free plan. <laughs> they weren't. It was, a, it was their recruiting tool to get you to stay with them for TV and internet instead of going to TELUS mm. or in other parts of the country to go to Bell or whomever. But, yeah, yeah. Rogers doesn't really need that. Yeah, they, that's why they're buying Shaw. They want those free $10 plans gone. Yes. So if you're under contract, then they're guaranteed for five years. This is a gray area don't know about this one. I've asked this specific question. Does the free plan, is that guaranteed for five years as well? Uh, it's doubtable for sure. But they will they will transfer you to the same plan on the uh, Rogers network for mm -hmm. now. I thought they were going to just say, nope. you know, you can keep that on the Shaw side. Nope. Nope. Well, you might as well make the switch because it's happening either way. It's not only if you switch onto Rogers, they'll yes. take it away. You're going to be absorbed point, anyway at some point. Some months down the road. They need to train all the employees. That training, we understand, is starting in early June. And some somewhere, hopefully by the end of June, all the Shaw employees will be trained on the Rogers system. And then they will start the big change, and Rogers would presumably, for example, at Mayfair, I have not, nobody telling me this, I'm just assuming this, and as my mother said, if you assume, that makes an ass out of you and me, but uh, the Rogers will likely move into the Shaw store and close the little Rogers. Oh, because it's, it's the nicer because it'll store. Be doing, because it'll be doing TV, internet, telephone, all that stuff. They'll do, they'll do it in there. Oh, sure. They're apparently going to put a Rogers person in the Shaw store, starting this coming week. 
Because otherwise, most of the answers are, ah, you have to go down the hall to Roger, so (laughs) why not just put the person and give them a table? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, so so that's where we sit. So yeah, at this point, I would switch over to the Rogers Better Network and and do that. They will come up with a way to do everybody switching in the coming months. But in the meantime, go down there now while it's quiet. They're what? Uh, what speeds are they going to give you? That they're not going to transfer you there to their five G network. Four G, four G, LTE, and LTE. Still great. Yeah, when you see that up on the corner of your phone, LTE stands for Long Term Evolution. It was basically four G on steroids, which is awesome. It's not just mm-hmm. great; it's awesome. In many cases, you're getting four hundred megabytes per second. You know, which easily. is fast. Plenty. That, that's awesome. Tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have five G for SHA transferred accounts currently, that will be an extra add-on. So if you have a 5G-capable smartphone, I I would still switch now because the 4G LTE is for virtually everything everybody uses except for the the top-of-the-line gamers and people streaming 4K content where it might be an issue and and where a 1,000 would be better. Um, then maybe that's an issue, and then that will be an add-on fee right. to your $0 or $10 or $25 shop plan. And it will not be a good deal. <laughs> well, if you're on 25 and they're going to charge you 10 for 5G, I'm just making that number well, up. I mean, yeah, I my assumption is it won't be. <laughs> I think that might be a fair assumption. <laughs> Quick break. We'd love to help you out. Ed and Judy, I'll promise I'll go right to you on the phones after this. 10 before the hour, hour number one of Buccaneer Days, weekend edition of Tech Talk, and right to the phone lines and Ed. Hi, Ed. Thanks for waiting. Welcome to the program. Good morning, and thank you, Alan. Enjoying the sunshine? Loving it. Long Loving time it. coming, wasn't it? Like a six weeks behind. But we're, we'll stop complaining. We'll enjoy it. What you got? Uh, back in the last century, I used to use Norton uh, when I was a, a Windows user, and it caused me nothing but grief. Uh, recently, I signed up with TELUS for, for home security, and they sent me this thing. It says, thanks for choosing to help protect yourself with TELUS online security powered by Norton. I, I yeah, their home security is really good. I wouldn't touch. It's totally up to you, but I wouldn't touch the uh, Norton LifeLock uh, would I. thing from TELUS. TELUS made a really good deal. They got it for a song because... Largely, no one wants it anymore, so I guess they didn't understand. Yeah. I wouldn't touch it. You've got a Windows computer, right, Ed? Yes, I do. And you've got Malwarebytes no, no, Premium. No, 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 sorry, I'm on a Mac. Oh, you got a Mac. Do you have Malwarebytes Premium installed on it? I, I did, but I don't have it currently. I would do that. Um, we've Kyle, I mean, you. one of it's the things Kyle does that pays his check is out there is, is tech support for an agency, and this is something that I'm sure you get asked a lot. Yeah, Malwarebytes is probably at this point better than Norton. Yeah, That's Norton has say. just been a real pig on resources. Now, to be fair, I haven't actually, Brian, maybe you know, I haven't actually seen anybody's computer with Norton on it in at least a year. So maybe the 2023 version is better than the 2022. Mm-hmm. But not only was the 2022 a pig on mm-hmm. resources, but it also blocked a lot of things because updates add happen so often to other software, and Photoshop was one of them. A Photoshop oh, yeah. Elements, it blocked it because Elements got oh, updated, really? even though it was uh, purchased, and then it goes no. Yeah, the only time I see Norton is I don't see it for long because I'm always uninstalling for people. <laughs> yeah, 
Now, it's one of those things, in its day, Norton was really good. Mm-hmm. We're talking 20 years ago, 18 years ago. Um, but, yeah, so they've now banded together with LifeLock doing identity protection, which is mostly just trying to scare people into thinking that somebody's going to steal your identity. As much as there are risks, it's not lurking around every corner. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly, it's part of your package, but I just would go, no thanks, and move on to the next email ad. That's what I sort of thought. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. The other thing about the Norton product that you buy in store, and you will see signs in the stores because of this. This is the one of the worst marketing moves out there. Even if you go to a store like Best Buy or London Drugs to buy a Norton, and I wouldn't recommend it, yep. you have to, even you buy it, you pay for it, you take it home, you go to install it, goes, wait, you have to go online and register it and give us your credit card for automatic renewal in order to install it. Even though wow. you bought a physical copy. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, you can then go in after seven days and you can delete your credit card. But so they're counting on you forgetting. Yes, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. It's these, It's crazy how much almost all antivirus is so scammy and like trying to trick you into staying yeah. subscribed and like bloated, confusing, blocking the wrong things and slowing yeah. your machine down. This is the, I mean, I haven't found anything that's as easy going as malware. No. But it's, it uses some processing power, obviously, but... It just isn't spammy and feels yeah. like malware. I mean, we keep checking. I keep asking my colleagues, has anybody found something better than... And we do that with pretty well all the products. That's why I said for next weekend when we're going to do travel tips, mm-hmm. I'm going to go through and check everything that's in the notes because oh, yeah. some of those are from six, nine months ago. Yep. See if there's anything better out there. I will check with everybody. And so some of those notes will probably change. Yeah, exactly. On April 1st, uh, Chet Long, who's a cyber threat analyst, yeah. he prefers personally McAfee. Oh, that's crazy. When he said that, I remember you can hear me like gasp. I listened I to the like, podcast when I was coming back from Hawaii and I went, what? Out loud. My wife said, what's that? I said, oh, this guy just, well, whatever. But no, I mean, I talked to my uh, colleagues at, you know, at places like Microsoft, ATAN, and Charles talked to people they know at Apple. And no, not even. So we need, need another break here. But Kyle, I'm going to ask you for what his supporting evidence is there. Because I'm just so still so curious about who loves McAfee in 2023. As we continue in hour one of our Highland Games Mother's Day weekend edition of Tech Talk. So, the fellow that you had on while I was in yes. Hawaii was a big fan of McAfee. So, Kyle, you're going to reach yep, out to I, him. I have. I actually heard back. He said basically to, that, quote, it's the one I would uh, put onto a government computer and that he can't really go into specific reasons. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the test. Due to his line of work. Okay. That's, uh. well, I appreciate Thank you. Here's the test that I apply when somebody says, oh, I love X. Mm-hmm. I will sit there and I'll put Malwarebytes on as the free version. I'll have it do a scan. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, here's the 27 things that Malwarebytes found on your computer that the one you're using let through. Yep. And, you know, and invariably, whether it's uh, those are the big ones, AVG, Avast, McAfee, and Norton. Now, mm-hmm. Norton has bought Avast, which bought AVG. <laughs> so they mm. still sell them in some stores. It's just like, the same brand, just you're buying it from a different company. Yep. It's like all the different brands that, you know, Colgate Palmolive owns or Unilever, things like that, and detergent. Same thing. Four different brands, same companies, you know. Yep. So, so inevitably with the Malwarebytes scan, it will scan things that are potentially unwanted. Like sometimes it'll be a Chrome plugin or something yeah. that it's saying, like, oh, I don't know You'll if you want You'll see a pop. This. It comes up as a pop. pop. Potentially unwanted program. So those aren't necessary. It's understandable that the other antivirus might not catch those because they yeah. might assume they're wanted. Yeah. But uh, it's 
when I've done it, I still do find definitive. Oh malware. yeah, I get ones that go red, not orange. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> every yes. time. So it again, whatever works for you. We just always want you to make an in, informed yeah, decision. Yeah, exactly. Basically, what he meant was, uh, in comparison to Norton, he would trust McAfee uh, better. Uh, oh God, yeah. That, that was what he meant. Yes, absolutely. Okay. McAfee Sorry to put has, him on blast. Yeah. So, <laughs> McAfee has never been a resource hog. Yeah, it, it, it was just ha- misunderstood what he yeah, meant. But, so, yeah. uh-uh. It just hasn't been very good at catching stuff. And it, it's like the doctor says, you know, we got 90% of the cancer removed. <laughs> How, that's the example I use to people when I compare that. No, that's not. I want it all removed. And the good right. thing about uh, malware bites as well is it quarantines the bad stuff. Right. So if that one bad file turns out to be something that made your printer stop working, you can unquarantine it. That's called a false positive. Same thing yes. in medical terms as well. There we go. Okay, stay with us. Lots more to come, including after the break, we have an app for you for identifying rocks. We did pictures. We did boats. We did animals. We did birds. Now we've got one for identifying rocks. That and much more coming up. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry. On CFAX 1070. This is our number two of our Highland Games Buccaneer Days Mother's Day weekend edition for 2023. Welcome. If you're just tuning in, there'll be a podcast of the first hour for you at your convenience later on. We're live on Saturday morning, May the 13th. If it's Sunday afternoon, that's the 14th, Mother's Day, then thanks for joining us then as well. You won't be able to take part if you're listening to the rebroadcast of the podcast. You can yell back at us and say something that drives <laughs> yep. you crazy. I know people do that. Uh, we're going to get right to the phone lines and Judy in just a sec. We have a couple other things. We have some new takes on scams uh, coming mm-hmm. up to tell you about here. Also, just a heads up, if you have an iPhone or an iPad made in the past seven years, Kyle, not now, but this coming Tuesday. Yes, we're getting a new iOS update. 16.5. It contains mostly bug fixes, but a few small new features, too. The reason I thought I would mention it is suggest, Brian, that people now go to Settings, General, Software Update, Mm -hmm. and make sure the automatic update switch is turned on. Then it'll just roll in. But you might want to leave off beta updates uh, because they tend to be buggy. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, definitely higher chance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's where you get to try the new things first, but then, oh, gee, now your mail doesn't work. You know, (laughs) because that's why they roll them out, right? The beta updates are for geeks like us, so we can try stuff. I don't even run the beta updates. I don't see the guinea pigs. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had a spare phone, there we go. Okay. Right back to the phone lines, and Judy is up next. Hi, Judy. Thanks for waiting. Hi, Alan. Hello. I have a question about uh, going down the States and being able to text. Yes. To another iPhone. I have an iPhone, and my sister has an iPhone, and we want to be able to keep in touch with each other. Where are you going? Oh, you said the States. How long are you going for? Las Vegas. Uh, she's going to June 1st. I'm only going for four nights. Okay. So we put into the show notes an updated handout there, and I've recently updated just earlier this week, but I've got one more phrasing update that I'm going to do as well. So if you go to the show notes shownotes.ca, and then you go to the travel tech tips on the left, and Kyle's got a copy of this in front of him. And for you, I would go right down to item number six. If you're going traveling and your smartphone can accept an eSIM, many phones made in the last four years can, I've created a five-page handout. And what it shows there, Kyle, at the top of the first page is you will see a barcode. And that's for the Verizon test drive. And that's free. I'm happy to report for you, 
Judy, this is absolutely free. And you can use it uh, for free once every 12 months. And it gives you... And it also gives you... A ton of data. Yeah, it gives you an absolute ton of data. It gives you unlimited global texting and 100 gigabytes of data, good for 30 days. And it lets you call anybody in the U.S. The only thing that you would not be able to do with it is you would not be able to call back to Canada. As we learned on April 1st. (laughs) Yes. So what you would have to do for that is you'd have to um, do the call. It could still be audio or video call. Um, For her, you said your sister's got an iPhone, so you can use FaceTime. Yeah, so you could use FaceTime audio or FaceTime video calls to her. To anybody up here, like the other Judy, then you could do the same thing with her. You could use WhatsApp, you could use Skype, you could use Messenger, anything other than traditionally dialing a phone number. You could dial any number you want in the USA, just nothing for for Canada. And that's absolutely free. And and that was... uh, Oh, go to... um, Go to show notes, go to the travel tech tips, and go to item number six. We'll talk much more about that next weekend when Tovi's here, and I'll update all of this. And I will be here. I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So that's why you can do it now. You can try that out. And the reason for that handout is it walks you through, Kyle, the steps to make sure that the order you have exactly and it also has great screen or screenshots too which is handy and judy if you want to text me because you have my number i will try and get the updated phrasing i had a couple people that got a little confused by the order of steps brian that i'd written on how to do it because you have to get the verizon one while you're still on uh wi-fi in the airport okay you can't activate it until you turn off wi-fi or turn off oh. airplane mode. Oh, sure. But you don't want to turn off airplane mode until you have the Verizon one installed. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't have the ability to turn off your Canadian number. Yeah, it runs into sort of a chicken and the egg uh, problem. Yeah, you, can, you can have airplane mode and just turn Wi-Fi back on. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. but you can't activate the Verizon eSIM In that you've mode. installed yep. until you turn off airplane mode, not Wi-Fi. It requires cellular because it has to talk oh, to the oh. Verizon tower. Oh, yes, I gotcha. So I'm just going to lengthen the notes a little bit and put the steps in to make it more abundantly clear okay. for people. Oh, good. There's nothing wrong with what's there now. It just you really have to follow steps really carefully. So there we go. Judy, that will work really well. And I hope you have a good trip. Yeah, that would be fun. Vegas, it's going to be, oh, that's going to be a little warm. Oh, uh, I saw a text from Atan. We were talking uh, about Mrs. S responding on this one. And, oh, I see. Uh, Charles was explaining why we weren't saying Mrs. S, because people that have home pods, when we go, hey, eh, then she, <laughs> she listens uh, on that one. So there we go. The other reason is when you're watching a TV show and they have somebody um, who says, hey, eh, S-I-R-I, et cetera, mm-hmm. they put a notch in. If the show's recorded, like they put a filter notch in. That was the agreement. And this works for A-L-E-X-A as well. Yeah, yeah. They put a filter notch in that takes out the low frequency when they say the name of the assistant. And then, yeah, when it, and then, yeah. yeah, and then they reprogrammed, they did an update for the devices iPhones, iPads, uh, and Echo devices to say, do not respond to your name unless it's full frequency. What's, uh, there so must you be people's e- voices that don't have low end or coming from the other room, you don't hear it. Hey, nothing's perfect, but this is phenomenally done it. I had, what's funny is I was watching, which I liked, um, Shrinking with Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel on Apple TV, mm-hmm. and their call for Siri activated my phone. And I was like, 
Apple, it's you. It's your yeah. series. You didn't put in the notch filter. Yeah, maybe maybe they forgot that one. Yeah, um, a couple important scams, and I and I'm really glad that so many of you texted and called. And I, people say oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. I go, no, this is important. Got a ton of calls and texts this week from people saying, hey, I got this receipt for this subscription that I didn't buy. And I put a picture of one that Peter sent us in there. Mm-hmm. It's from Order Invoice. Your auto-extended reservation e-receipt for May 12th is attached to this email, and it's a verified receipt for uh, an expensive Norton LifeLock subscription, mm-hmm. $435.49 U.S. dollars. And all and it says, listen, if you please take a look at your recent... In- and they do it as an attachment. Some, Kyle, are not attached. They actually have the toll-free number to call in the right body in the email. email. Yeah. They try to not do that to avoid spam filters, so they send it as an attachment. And when you open it up, I put a picture of the attachment there from PayPal, and it's got his email address, transaction amount of 435.49 USD. If this transaction was not made by you, please call our customer care immediately at 1437 blah, 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 blah. And they'll want your credit card details yes. so that they can refund you, right? Hey, Siri, where is the 437 area code? Here's some information. Take a look. That is, uh, okay, where is that? Oh, it's actually in Toronto. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I've been recognizing that one because nonstop every day I get a couple calls from Toronto. Damn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. If you call the toll-free number, you'll be connected to someone at a scam call center in India, and they will offer to reverse the charge but will want you to let them share your screen to make sure it goes through, Kyle. Yeah, and in the meantime, they'll probably try to steal your bank account. Yeah, or they'll make it appear that you got a refund for 10 times the amount, and they'll say, oh, you put an extra dot in. (laughs) So now instead of $437 back, your account is showing a credit of $4,370. And they will then um, pressure you to send them the difference. Like there's the sob story, like, oh, I'm going to lose my job for this. Can yes. you please just send it back? Or they'll secretly run some sort of scanner on the screen, which is just a distraction, and they mm-hmm. will secretly transfer money out of your account to themselves, or mm-hmm. they will set up a transfer to happen once a week starting tomorrow. Uh-huh. So you don't see anything wrong with your account. And then the next day, $500 oh, wow. is gone, and three days later. So, so two important lessons out of this one, Kyle. Yes, exactly. Basically, PayPal, you first off, or any provider, uh, number one step is to check the email address, make sure yeah. whether or not it's correct. These are coming from Gmail addresses, so I don't think that's Yeah, them. exactly. That's, yeah. that's a key difference here. And then another point is that you just want to read it carefully and take a step back yeah. and see basically... Like, what is it asking me to do? Have I subscribed to yeah. Norton? You know, if they're trying sort of to thing. throw you off your game, you're going, "Oh my God, four hundred thirty-seven dollars US!" Also, oh my God! So common sense goes out the window, and you're exactly. on the phone immediately. And that's why it's in red too. They yeah. have it in red yeah. uh, text, so it pops off the page with the phone number saying, "Call us." Yes. Yeah, so never call a number in an email, invoice, or receipt for something you didn't no. order. In this case, you would go if you have a PayPal account. You would either open the PayPal app. Or you would go to paypal.com. You would never click on the link in the email. Exactly. This one doesn't have a link. It just has a phone number. Two, never let a stranger on the phone have remote access to your computer. Never. Never. In some cases, Brian or Kyle or I or others will remotely connect to you. But that's when you call us and you know it's us. And even then, we say... 
click on the click assist. We're going to put in the code. Make sure it's my name up there. Oh, yeah. They go, well, that's you on the phone. I go, yeah, but if you're talking to somebody it's supposedly at Windows or Apple, right? <laughs> you know, and it says so-and-so's name, no, that's not Windows or Apple. That's some scammer in whatever country in far-flung parts of the world. They don't tend to use Quick Assist from what I've seen. It's no, always... Oh, because that's traceable. Universe. They yes, will exactly. use... Um, well, there's a myriad of overseas ones, but they use TeamViewer. Team used to be a really big uh, one, but yeah, TeamViewer yeah. is also starting to crack down on them. Because it made them look really bad when this appeared on the news that this 84-year-old lady was built out of $10,000 and they used TeamViewer. So TeamViewer mm-hmm. started being... Yeah, but there's a there's a myriad of other sure. remote connections. Yeah, there's tons. Go there. to assist yeah. and a whole bunch of others. Yeah, log me in, things like that. So one other scam one while we're there, because this is the other flood, and even while I've been on the air, we've been on the air for almost forty minutes, I've got four in my inbox today alone, scam emails claiming to be from iCloud advising that you've reached your storage limit but offering to increase your capacity for free as part of their loyalty program so important files are not deleted. I put a screenshot into the show notes. They're very creative. It's got the blue cloud, and then it says the word cloud. They've missed the little I. But later on in the email, they do talk about iCloud. If you look at the name, Brian, I put this into the show notes, item number two. If you look at the name of the sender, it's the word notification. But with a fancy font on the F. The fancy yeah. font is Latin because they're trying to avoid the scam filter. Go down one more to the next one down. Oh. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, there it is, right. <laughs> I, I actually put a red highlight around it. They've tried to use Latin to avoid the scam filters on the email services, weasels. Clicking on the receive 50 gigabyte button takes you to a fake Apple ID login webpage where they're hoping you'll give them your password so they can start the process. If not stealing your Apple ID, finding out if you use that same password elsewhere. Exactly. It's, and then another key point that we were talking about earlier with the email address that I brought up. Uh, if you look at the email address here, it is definitely not Apple. It is uh, .pe yes. address, where? which okay, is, Brian, is Brian. Oh. .pe. That's a fairly easy one. Peru? Yeah. Hey, yep. <laughs> I'm on a roll lately. <laughs> there you go. Oh, speaking of email addresses, because we got a couple calls and texts from this, there is still no word from Rogers as to what's going to happen with at Shaw.ca email service now that Rogers has bought Shaw. But in the meantime, Apple Insider in the USA has an excellent article on the downsides of getting your email from any internet service provider, an ISP. And that is linked in there at item number 14. They talk about many of the things that we've said in the past on this show, things that Shaw's lawyers are very unhappy that we have pointed (laughs) out to people. Not that we were wrong. They were just unhappy with us pointing these things out. The fact that it's a very small mailbox and the fact that it doesn't work except on webmail when traveling. So, Even though you could find all that info on their own website. I know. Long story. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, there, item number 14 if you want to see what we've been talking about there. Okay, quick break. When we come back, love to help you. I know many of you are going to listen on the podcast, but if you are with us live on Saturday morning, if you've got any question at all, the phone board is clear, which doesn't happen often. 250-386-1161 on a home phone, star 1070 on a mobile phone, text to 107010. And then we're going to tell you about a new way to identify rocks. 
So this is, this is always fun because we get great feedback from people. Item number 15 in the Tech Talk show notes. Kyle, we've told people in the past about the best apps for identifying plants and flowers. Picture this. That's the mm-hmm. current best one. It's changed from the one we used to use. Well, I don't know. Just use the default uh, photo, camera and photos app on the iPhone now. Yes. Okay. It's, it's just so good all the time and you don't need an, another app. Okay. Oh, okay. But that, yeah, some of those ones can give you advice on your plant, your wilting plants. But still, the, yeah, the one in iPhone exactly. is great. Yeah. Anyway, um, for identifying boats, marine traffic. Yeah. <laughs> and for identifying birds, this is different from the one that we did before. It's bird identifier, bird ID. Yeah, we were trying a couple others, but this one appears to be much more user friendly, and the other ones are now really, really nagging you. To they will only let you identify so many birds, and then. They want a subscription, yeah, exactly. So a lady um, has got um, a grandson that she's going to have for three weeks, and they're going to spend time, a lot of time on the beach, a botanical beach, things like that. He loves rocks. He has ADHD, and she thought this might be really helpful. Is there an app for identifying rocks? I said, I don't think so. And so I asked a couple people, and they said, oh, yeah, it's called Rock Identifier. (laughs) Yeah, Rock Identifier Stone ID. Yeah. So I downloaded it and tried it out, um, and I forgot to actually take pictures of the rocks. I was just down near Dallas Road because I was shooting a picture for something, and I went down, and yeah. So it's, I put pictures into the show notes, item number 15. It's really cool. Um, now, there is one catch. There's always a catch here. Yes, and it it's is, more is. of an annoyance than anything. It's free. For Whatever. seven days. Yeah. Well, no, it's free for all time. Oh, okay. But every time you go to use it, it will pop up the screen that you will see in the third frame on the right with the big black one that says Rock Identifier. And there is a faint cancel button in the top right corner. I've circled it in yellow and put an arrow there. You have to tap on that, and then you use the free version. You just click on the camera. It's so funny. So many apps. I think Picture This does that as well. It's like, oh, here's the premium version. Like, there's no way to get around this, and you have to look for the tiny X in the corner. Yes. And it's totally free, but they're counting on fooling some percentage of people? Yeah. Now, to be fair, because I always like to give the other side, the advantage of both in Picture This and in Rock Identifier of having the paid version, if this is something you're going to do a lot, plants or rocks, is that it downloads a database, and then you can identify the rock where there is no cell coverage. Oh, great. And it has no ads. Yeah. Yes, exactly, no ads. You can go to Butchert Gardens where the cell coverage is weak and you can identify all the plants and flowers you want. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, so, that's a super handy feature, especially for outdoor stuff like this. Like yeah. you're on the mountainside and, oh, shucks, you can't find a signal. Yes, but could you please app people make the cancel button just a little bigger or don't put it right in the almost impossible it's spot so to hit It's so scammy to do it that way. Yeah. It's so Because it really hurts your reputation. Doing. So yeah, anyway, it does. So there you go. So if you know somebody or if you... Wanna, if you think you know your rocks, go try this and let me know. But it gets, you'll see, 4.5 out of 5 star reviews with uh, 2,100 reviews. So that's that's pretty awesome. So I put a link in there. The website is rockidentifier.com, and then that has links for both the uh, Apple and Android websites. And yes, you could do it on a tablet, but it's only going to work on the tablet if you have the paid version or if the tablet's within Wi-Fi range and not a lot of beaches have Wi-Fi coverage there. There we go. The other big one that is uh, coming out soon, um, we talked to Elon Musk has finally kept his promise to hire a CEO for what's left of Twitter. 
Kyle? Yes, he has. She's an ad executive. Uh, Linda Yaccarino. Yaccarino uh, is a former ad executive for NBC Universal. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Good luck to her at that job. Um, but in the meantime, this is the one I wanted to give you the heads up one because this is a potential, I think, game changer. Meta, the parent company of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, is planning to launch a text-based messaging app to rival Twitter by this summer. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, it'll exist on its own as a separate app. It will also be integrated with Instagram and allow users to keep their same Instagram handle and verification if they're verified. So, obviously, Meta has seen the vulnerability in all the crazy stuff that's happened with Twitter, and so many organizations and companies and people count on Twitter to stay up to date on stuff. So, they're seeing that they're vulnerable, so they're going to launch their own. And competition is always a good thing to have, and this could be a real contender maybe. We'll, yeah. we'll have to see ultimately. And but. a lot of people would probably say, I don't really want to go down the Facebook rabbit hole, but Twitter's become such a caca that, uh. So what do you think, Brian? Uh, it's so funny to watch him, like, run this ship ashore yeah. or, like, into the I cliff. find it sad. I, I don't mean, know. I Twitter was a cesspool i don't miss it personally oh, well, see I, that's how i when i have limited time like this last couple of weeks doing these pictures i would quickly check in twitter a couple times a day or kyle would send me a link yeah just to on news i follow almost exclusively yes. news sites and a few news people and it just gives me the latest updates on all that and it's that very I, useful for that it still yeah. is that's that's their one benefit is they're up to the second that's what yes. the whole, their whole thing is it's short and sweet and like current it's a, all social media is a disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it just depends who you follow and don't follow, so you you have that control over that. But yeah, but I find a lot of the sources that I would go there, they've disappeared. They've stopped putting it on Twitter. Yeah. You know, a lot in New York And Times, a lot of Washington them have Post. had trouble with that, too, because Twitter has charged companies, I believe, $40,000 a month for API access to, yeah. like, automate their notices yeah. for safety alerts yeah. and things. And, yes. And they can't afford this, a lot of yeah. them. WordPress pulled support for mm -hmm. any Facebook or Meta yep. plugins now. So, so stay tuned. So that's nothing happening right now. That one, just stay tuned. That one is coming up. More when we continue on Tech Talk. James and Marie on the phones after this. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. It's our Mother's Day weekend edition, as well as Highland Games at Topaz Park, Buccaneer Days in Esquimalt, Calder Village Day on Saturday, well, going on right now as we come to you live on Saturday. If you're listening on Sunday, that was yesterday. If you're listening on Sunday, hopefully you also the start of the uh, pickle boats, the Victoria Harbor Ferries Water Ballet, 10.45 a.m. in the Inner Harbor. That's the start of the season. So if you're listening to us on Sunday, you missed that as well, but it'll be there every Sunday, weather permitting from now on. Kyle's in the studio with us. Kyle is a Colwood-based IT specialist and Wikipedia administrator, as well as a tech editor for uh, numerous publications, uh, including Business Insider. And Brian Pavlicich is doing Human's Duty, keeping him busy on the phones and finding answers and keeping me on the straight and narrow here. <laughs> okay, Yvette has a question here. So Yvette, um, she's leaving Monday for the UK. Okay, we'll get to yours in a sec, so hold on. Um, but first of all, we're going to go back to Marie. Hi, Marie. Thanks for waiting. Oh, hi. Um, hi. I have a question, excuse me, about the um, budget carriers. Yes. The $39 one. 
Yeah, for anybody that's just tuning in, this is a temporary deal for this weekend. It's item, well, it's not a number, it's under tech deals this weekend. Yes. I'm wondering if you could compare those those carriers, and if you were going to choose one, which one would you choose? Okay. I have Shaw Mobile right now. And how much are you paying? Which plan are you on? Uh, 28 28 so $25 plus tax? Yes. I would go down the hall um, because that's giving you 25 gigabytes, right? No, I'm only getting eight. Eight gigs. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one, Kyle. So eight gigs for $25 a month. You're on Shaw. You could transition at your convenience to Rogers without them, um, without them, you know, making do the transition or this deal that uh, Marie's talking about Fido Kudo Freedom and Virgin Plus are offering a 20 gig plan for $39 a month for 14 yeah. how much data do you use I guess is the key question Marie any well, idea I don't, use a, I don't use a lot right now I'm fairly careful with it um, if you I, didn't have to be careful with it as Brian was saying earlier do you think you'd be using more than your 8 gigs in a month if, if you went hog wild, okay. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's a fourteen dollar a month difference. I would, I, Brian, Kyle, see what you guys think. My off the cuff would be to go down, um, go down to Rogers, switch over from the uh, Shaw twenty five dollar plan to the Rogers grandfathered Shaw twenty five dollar plan, so you get the better coverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's but, what I was wondering. That's or should she go for... Well, if, if you believe that the amount of data you would use would be more than that eight, if the answer to that question would be yes, then you would want to go probably to this deal with Freedom and the others. Um, otherwise, then yeah, if you want to just stay at the same cost and everything, then just probably go to Rogers. One other uh, part of the question is that if I were to travel, let's say, across to, I don't know, um, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Yes. Would that make a difference in the, in the choice? N- not at all, because if you go to Rogers or if you go to FIDO, which is Rogers' budget carrier, KUDO, which is mm-hmm. TELUS's budget carrier, uh, Freedom, which is now um, Videotron <laughs> from Quebec, and Virgin okay. Plus, which is Bell's budget carrier, they all have nationwide coverage. Okay. Yeah, so no problem there. Um, yeah, the, the, thing would, the thing would be if you went to Rogers at your, at your $25 a month plan, and as Kyle said, if you discovered that you were getting close to or going over your 8 gig, Rogers would be glad to give you more data, but then you'd be leaving your legacy plan and the rate would be 45 to $60. So how is that? It's $25 but only 8 gigs? Yep. I thought those, when you were on the deal if you had a high enough rate 25 was the 25 gig plan when she switched over there was a five plus three bonus that's how i know the eight gig figure when she said that there was a five plus three bonus and she was so she got that which was a really good deal so sure there we go so yeah that was your choice um you could always go down to you could always go down to rogers and say hey um here's what i'm on here's what your guys will inherit uh but here's what your buddy uh, Fido, which is the same company, is offering. Mm. Can you meet me somewhere halfway? Eight gigs isn't too bad. Frankly. No, that's pretty good. Depending for a on a lot eight, of people. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of people. There's a lot of months fine. I'm under that. Yeah, and I use it liberally. Yeah. So yeah, but but yeah, let us know what you end up doing, Marie. That would be great for for a follow up one. So okay, so 
Uh, James has got a question about uh, Shaw coverage uh, inside his house. Hi, James. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for call- taking my call. Our pleasure. Uh, I'm getting uh, some really pathetically slow uh, speeds off my Shaw modem, and I, I did get it replaced. They sent out a newer version of the uh, Hytron. Oh, um, Hytron. Okay. Oh, like, I can that. save you a whole bunch there. Hytron's a little black rectangular uh, one with little lights on the front, right? Uh, well, the old one was. The new one just has one light on it. Oh, is uh, it got a sloping top on it? Looks like a loaf of bread on its end with a sloping top? Uh, nope. Nope? It's, uh, it is a rectangle, but it is, it's got a grill on the, on the top to let the heat out. Okay. Um, no lights on the front. Right. Um, there's some, you know, Ethernet ports on the back and a cable connection. And there's one single light that kind of glows near the base. So it's got a, a base on it. And the yeah. front is right, the back is square. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's normally only for business users. But, okay. Yeah. Well, I wonder why they chose that one. And it's black? Standing, uh, it is black. Yep. And okay. standing right next to it, I can run the Ookla speed test app on my iPad, and I get... 300, which is what What we're on. What you're paying for. Okay. Literally 20 feet away, one floor down, on my Apple TV, I'm getting my Apple TV 4. I'm getting, uh, oh, maybe 3, maybe 2. Are you in a house? Yes. Yeah. So two ways to get around that. Um, One would be to go back and see if they will, Kyle, give him the Gateway 7. The Gateway 6 is sloping top gray. The Gateway 7 is sloping top white and literally twice the signal strength. Okay. And that would be beneficial. That would be the thing. Um, and if that doesn't solve the problem, it does for Brian, for the vast majority of people, just simply getting not only from the Hytron, which are well-made, they just the antenna structure on them, the Gateway was vastly superior, and the 7 is awesome. But if that still doesn't do it because it's a really well-built house, then you can either get the Shaw Pod, which... Uh, oh, I should, I should ask this, James. It, it's literally above and below. It's not like above and to the left and or to the right? Well, it's above and to the left. How far um, to the left or right? I know that sounds like a dumb question. Like 10 feet or... Uh, maybe... Maybe twenty feet. Okay. Maybe. Okay. So that's okay. That so makes that's some that's sense, yeah. yeah. So if you think of it, if you think of, I'm guessing you've got really good solid wooden floors, and now you're going diagonally through that wood, so it's even mm. thicker. So I learned tile, bathtubs, obviously concrete are all really good at blocking the signal. Um, another <coughs> thing to consider is: Are you running on a 5G network or on a smart switch network that jumps between the 2.4 and the 5? Because the 2.4 will travel further. Well, interestingly enough, the old Hytron <clears throat> did have a 2.4 and a 5 uh, yep. separate signal. This one is it will only accept one signal because it auto switches. It auto switches. Okay, so it would be switching for you anyway it if will it be could switching. reach better yeah. with a 2.4. Yeah, t- yep. parenth- uh, parenthetically, nothing to do with your situation, as Brian mentioned. If you're trying to listen to audiobooks in the bathtub and <laughs> the router's down below you, yeah, good luck. Not going to work because it's having to basically go up to the ceiling and bounce down because the bathtub. Anyway, not, <laughs> not for you. Um, so, yeah, so you could try the Shaw. I would I would ask Shaw for the the new modem. Uh, and X, XB7. XB7. X, X-Ray Bravo hyphen 7. XB7. 
Uh, and they, if you tell them your particular situation on 300, they don't normally give out the sevens, but for you, I'm sure that they will. If that doesn't work, if that doesn't solve it enough, then, Kyle, you could try the Shaw Pod, which plugs into a power outlet. But the problem is you want to put the pod halfway between where the modem is and where you want the signal, and you don't probably have a power outlet in the ceiling. So that's Yeah, that's funny. I had a house where they, they did, and that worked perfectly because it just extends the signal that it's receiving at that point. So if you're whatever, you know, if you get zero at one point and you're halfway between that and you're getting 50% signal, it could extend to that zero point, but you're going to extend 50% yeah. then with some more fall off. Exactly. So put it a third of the way and it'll do it. Yeah, um, yeah. The other option would be to get what's called power line. These are two little boxes about the size of uh, half a pound of butter. You plug one into a power outlet, not a power bar, where the modem is, put a cable in, and then you put the other one into a power outlet, not a power bar, where the Apple TV is, and put the cable into the back of the Apple TV. But those may or may not work. It depends on the electrical in your house. Yes. Mm -hmm. I tried it, and I got worse speeds. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. The key is that it has to be on the same circuit breaker panel, not the same circuit breaker. So oh. the outlet oh, in yeah. where the modem is can be 17, and the outlet where the Apple TV is can be on circuit breaker 14. Not a problem. Mm -hmm. But if it's an in-law suite that you're trying, not yours, James, but anybody else in-law suite, and it has a separate circuit breaker and a separate hydrometer... Uh, yeah, it won't talk because it's yeah, it's just it talking talk. over your yeah. power lines. Yeah, and you could, but you could try those. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to go that route. But I'm thinking of yeah. other people in a similar situation. Get them from London Drugs. Keep the box. Keep the receipt. And if it, in Kyle's case, I would say probably eighty percent of the time we find it solves the issue where the pod won't because of the physical construction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but if it doesn't, it then you have your receipt so you can return yeah. it. We had one fellow that turned started working from home out in the garage. He'd retrofitted the garage during the pandemic and everything mm. and made that. Um, and there was no way. We're, and he was literally looking at an $800 cost to have an electrician trench and put the internet line out there. Um, and we tried wow. the power line boxes. It was too far for the pod. Yeah. And so we tried the power line boxes. And lo and behold, 250 megs. Out nice. there, happily working from home. Awesome. Rob, yeah, because if listening? nothing else works, as you alluded to, then you have yeah. to go the route of actually getting it physically wired. Yeah, and you don't want to yeah. do that. So there we go. Try that one out, James. There we go. Okay, quick break. Uh, back with more. As we continue on Tech Talk, I made an oops. I'm so sorry. If you headed down to Topaz Park for Highland Games, I screwed up. The Tartan Parade is what confused me. Highland Games are next weekend. Sorry. So, Buccaneer Days, I was wondering when I did that late last night, but it was obviously too late that I'm thinking Spymalt and Highland Games, okay. But, okay, so it was the Tartan that threw me off, the Tartan Parade. So, Highland Games is next weekend. Buccaneer Days continues as we speak in Esquimalt, and, of course, Mother's Day weekend, and the Quadra Village Day until 2 p.m. on Saturday. If you're listening on Sunday, that was yesterday. There we go. Homework videos, really busy. Didn't get a lot. Thank you for the people that did send some in. I had a chance to go through. You're going to love this one. It's classical music, right? But what is it? It is an eight-minute uh, slow-motion video of baby goats leaping around. <laughs> this is pretty it's slow, an entertaining too. watch. It is phenomenally entertaining. We all see little baby goats down at the Beacon Hill Park, children's farm, things like that. But you don't realize how much motion they put into their leaps because they leap so quickly. 
They're so uh, acrobatic. Yeah, well, some of them, some less than others, they throw themselves. I guarantee (laughs) this will put a smile on your face. That is item number 43. Thanks to Helen for sending that one. Item number 43 in the show notes. Again, shownotes.ca and your address bar all the way down to homework videos. Peter, thank you for the sign of the week at the very bottom on a related note about lambs. Um, But the other one that I thought you'd find really useful, uh, because I always get this question, I'm sure you guys do as well, Um, I'm out, but they want me to sign this form, whether it's the doctor's office or the real estate agent or whatever. Mm -hmm. Happy to report that this is really easy. Now, you need to watch the video to see the steps, but just to give you a feel of how easy it is, I haven't found a way to do this on Android. Tofi, if you're listening, I'll see if you can come up with one to do this for next weekend. Acrobat or something must do it. Yeah, but not like natively built in. Right, yes. So this is it. This is a short Apple support video how you can easily add your signature to documents and photos on the go on an iPhone or iPad. You can sign documents on the go using markup on your iPhone. Here's how. Your signature can be added to documents and photos in many apps. We're going to use a PDF in mail. In an email, tap an attachment to open it. At the bottom right of your screen, tap the markup button, which looks like a marker. And then tap the add button in the bottom right. It looks like a plus sign. Next, tap signature and use your finger to sign your name on the line. This signature will be automatically saved for future use and can be selected the next time you need it. Now, I'll let you watch, go watch the rest of the video. There's one key thing about this. If you people, I can hear people saying, I'm going to sign my signature with my finger. Well, if you don't have one, borrow an Apple Pencil to create your signature because that's going to be saved, Kyle, and then you give the Apple Pencil back. Yeah, exactly. You could even stop in at the store of your choice and say, hey, I've got a bunch of legal documents to sign. Can I stand here and use the Apple? You just have to sign it once, and then it's saved. Then you give them back the Apple Pencil and go, thank you. If you, if you rotate your screen, you could probably get, and you practice a little bit, you could probably get it okay with your finger. Yeah, but if your sister's got an Apple Pencil, just borrow y- yeah. it. Yeah, far better that way. <laughs> yeah, really useful one. There we go. Um, there, The other one that's in there, is um, this is another one that's going to bring you bring you fun um, when we have weddings? This is really cool. Again, you won't even need to um, to see this, although you do want to watch it to tell how good this was. Dan the groom making an epic entrance at his wedding. It's quite the video. But it's not just Dan. Oh, oh yeah, that audio is a little rough. Yeah. You got to go. It's, it's really fun. Making it hard for all the other grooms. Figuring I was just going to walk in and see this. Anyway, do that. It's quite entertaining. They yeah. do a great amount of choreography. Yeah, and it's yeah. just all filmed, just, just shot on an iPhone there. The other one, I continue. We forget about stuff that happens that's so mind-breaking. And the little Ingenuity rover... And the helicopter is flying around on Mars all these years later and wasn't even about this. So there's this fellow that takes all the imagery that comes down from NASA and he does little mini documentaries on Mm. what's happened in the last three months. 
In this episode, the Ingenuity helicopter finds eerie spacecraft wreckage, then loses contact with the rover. Meanwhile, Perseverance spots a bright object and finally reaches the towering Delta face. There you go. You got to watch this. It's a really good one. The imagery is just stunning, and it's now starting to climb the steep delta face. They realized, okay, well, we might as well push it to the limits. We've tried everything else. Pretty cool. Phenomenal stuff they found. Okay, final segment coming up after this. Final segment here. Yvette is heading to the UK in a couple days here. She's got the Shaw Rogers UK plan for $45. That gives her 2,400 minutes of calling, including to Canada. 2,400 texts, and one gigabyte of data. She's, her question is, do I have to switch off cellular data when I'm in UK? Um, I'll be using Wi-Fi for mail, but I don't want to get a huge bill if I use data. Thanks for your great show. Thanks, Yvette. Oh, have a great trip. So, yeah, that's a really good plan. That's going to do you. Probably two things. Rather than switch off cellular data, you want to be able to use your data so all your apps will work. But two things. One would be make it so that your mail does not automatically refresh. So go into your phone settings and go into the mail settings and turn off. I'll text you, Yvette, and I'll call you. But for everybody, in a nutshell, you're going to turn off the refresh. It's called push. That means as soon as an email is sent to you, it shows up on your phone, including the seven pictures from your cousin in Egypt, which is where the data starts to go. Yep. If you get a lot of emails or a lot of pictures, you put it on manual, so it only checks for new email, Kyle. When you want it to. Yeah, and you will only do that when you're on Wi-Fi. Exactly. And another option that you could do as well is you can generally restrict specific applications. If you know there's an app you're never going to use while you're on this trip. Or you if it's could an go, app that uses a lot of data. Or that too. Um, you could go into the settings and disable cellular for that app specifically. Yeah. Background app refresh, go into that setting. And especially Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, turn and, and Twitter, if you use that, turn those off background app refresh so they will only refresh and use substantial amounts of data when you do that. And you would try and do that only on Wi-Fi. There we go. I'll call you, Yvette. We'll go through more on that. Got to go. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. Good Thank to have you, for you back. Me once again. It's that a lot of fun. sound is our friend is our friend who does Flopotron 3.0. His name is Pavel Zadrozniak, and he's done Europe's The Final Countdown. Thought that would be perfect, Brian, with the Eurovision Song Contest finals this weekend. Oh yes. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day weekend and your Buccaneer Days, but not Highland Games. That's next weekend. And so it goes. <laughs> 